Hey, everybody. So before you listen to this episode of the Book Mormon Podcast, stop what you're doing right now. Don't listen to any more. Well, listen to what I'm saying, but don't listen to any more after I say what I'm going to say before you do this. Right now, you're probably following or subscribe to this channel or this feed with the Bookworm podcast. As most of you know, we have a second podcast called Conference Talk in which Shelby and I, we discuss conference talks from the most recent general conference and they're awesome. A lot of y'all know that. So please go and find it on your favorite platform, whether that be Spotify, or Breaker, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, I know is huge with y'all. By the time you hear this, you should be able to find it on Apple Podcasts. If not, keep checking back, but go and follow Conference Talk, and that way you're not missing any of our podcasts, because we love doing them, we love people hearing them, and we don't want you to miss anything. All right, do that, then come back and enjoy the Book Mormon Podcast. The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. And the Book of Mormon is replete with examples of disciples and prophets who knew and understood and were transformed by the enabling power of the atonement. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself, Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived, and in the last days neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 55 of the Book of Mormon podcast. Shelby and Kevin here. And we're in chapter 32 in 2nd Nephi. Yep. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to finish 2nd Nephi today. Because we're also going to be in chapter 33. Correct. We're going to get through chapter 33 as well. Well, Kev, what are your thoughts? So, obviously, as, as anyone knows who's been listening to the past couple podcasts, Nephi has just been going hard on, you know, this, this record, which he's finishing up, right? He's, he knows that the words that he's writing will be instrumental in bringing countless, I mean, untold billions, <laughs> trillions, all of, I mean, I can't even put a number on it, but bringing the, the souls of Heavenly Father's children unto Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Um, and... In 
I guess, 29 and 30, talking about kind of the reception of the Book of Mormon in the latter days. And, of course, 31, which we got to talk about last week uh, with the elders, about baptism, about the doctrine of Christ, what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And in chapter 32, I'm just going to start in verse 1, where um, Nephi says, and now, my, and now behold, my beloved brethren, I suppose that you ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which you should do after you have entered in by the way. A.K.A. baptism. And last week, I shared my thoughts on the way. Right? Yeah. And yes, it's baptism. uh, Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And starting down the straight and narrow path. Staying consistent. Um, However, Nephi says, Behold, why do ye ponder these things in your hearts? Do you not remember that I said unto you that after ye had received the Holy Ghost, ye could speak with the tongue of angels? And now, how could ye speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? So what is he talking about? Like, so uh, just to kind of put it in layman's terms, he discerns that the people who he's speaking to, mm-hmm. which could be his people, Mm-hmm. living with him then and there or his people, his descendants in the future. And he's, he could also be speaking to us Gentiles who have converted. What is he, what is he saying? What's he asking? He's basically like, why are you, why are you thinking this? Because you should already know the answer. Because you have the Holy Ghost, you should be able to speak with the tongue of angels. <laughs> right. That's basically what he's saying. And let's shed some light on what speaking with the tongue of angels means. Okay. President Boy K. Packer explained that we speak with the tongue of angels when we speak by the influence of the Holy Ghost. Nephi explained that angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, and you can speak with the tongue of angels, which simply means that you can speak with the power of the Holy Ghost. It will be quiet. It will be invisible. There will not be a dove. There will not be cloven tongues of fire, but the power will be there. So speaking with the tongue of angels is speaking by the Holy Ghost. Um, And so it's interesting because he's saying, and he does say that, how could you speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? He basically says there, that's how you speak by the tongue of angels, is mm-hmm. by speaking the Holy Ghost. Um, and in verse 3, he says, angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I say unto you, feast upon the words of Christ. For behold, the words of Christ will tell you all the things that you should do. So basically Nephi, in very simple terms, says, look, you have the Holy Ghost now. You have the capacity to speak with the tongue of angels. And the way that you do that is by feasting on the words of Christ. And they're going to tell you what you should do after you've entered in, by the way. So, you know, in some ways, it's like the convert who has read the Book of Mormon and even received a testimony of its truthfulness Mm -hmm. decides, yes, I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to do this thing it's still important to continue to feast upon the words of Christ. And that can be in the scriptures. It can be uh, in general conferences. 
It could also be going to church, listening to one another speak with the tongue of angels, right? Mm -hmm. Going today, we were at a testimony meeting. Even those youth who, you know, we talked about, you know, maybe they're not as eloquent of speakers. They don't have all the confidence of an older, you know, long time member of the church, maybe someone who's served a mission, but they know what they're saying is true. Right. And that's a very powerful thing to hear as well. So like, don't be concerned about how is it going to sound when I open my mouth? Right. And that, and I, I put in the margins next to verse two, an obligation to open your mouth, missionary opportunities for some reason. And I don't think it's for some reason it's for, it's because that's what the spirit wants you to do. Um, I thought about it. Like after you've received the Holy Ghost, now it's time to go and start preaching. And that way the the spirit can teach mm-hmm. as it does to people. Because you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. Um, that's why uh, Joseph Smith said that you can measure a man's true conversion by his willingness to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because... The more converted that you are by feasting on the words of Christ and doing all the things that you should and keeping your commandments, the more you want to share it with other people. So, and that's basically what he's telling us to do, right? I like in four, he says, okay, after I've said these things, basically, if you cannot understand them, it will be because you ask not, neither do you knock, wherefore you are brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. And I love that because he's basically saying, if you can't understand me right now, it's because you're not asking to understand. (laughs) And if you don't ask, you're going to (laughs) perish in the dark. You're going to be, you're not going to have any light anymore. You're going to be headed towards the dark. You need to ask to get light. Yeah. Like the brother of Jared did. Right. (laughs) So, um, Shelby, we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of live counsel right now it's we're going to counsel together okay right now our thumbnails to the podcasts right they're they're um they're our logo with the yeah the episode and all that stuff right so what i'd like to do just for this one time to revert back to posting a picture that that i thought was meaningful and of course we can post it on our instagram and stuff like that too but there's a picture well it's actually a i don't know if it was the front of a new era magazine or if it was like the poster inside if they even did that back in the day but it's it's from way back in the day and it's this picture of like a puzzle and all these puzzle pieces Mm -hmm. and on one of the puzzle pieces which is being put into the puzzle it says ask god yeah and over it it says it asks feeling puzzled okay and the reason that i have to we have to put it somewhere is because i want people to actually see it because i've explained it before before i finally saw it and it made it made so much sense right so 
the reason that I bring it up is because right next to because he asked not, I put in feeling puzzled, question mark. <laughs> and I want to share the account because previously, um, I think it was on the, the, the it was on the conference. It was recap. on conference talk. Yeah, it conference recap. 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 Sorry, recap. Recap. Yeah. <laughs> the day, the Saturday night after of, of general conference weekend. Um, you mean Sunday night? No, it was Saturday night. Oh, okay. Uh, Shelby and I and our good friend Abriana. Mm-hmm. I guess they y'all were looking up some like. Uh, social media posts about oh, conference. No, well, here's my side of the story. Um, there was a. I went up to Abriana's room. Kevin was still downstairs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abriana had a post sent to her on Instagram by a friend of a post that Kevin can explain. Um, but it was sent to her like, "Look at this." And that was pretty much it. And then Aubriana and I started talking about it. And then we eventually told you. It was just a, um, the post was just like, obviously someone who was confused. They were puzzled. Yeah. They puzzled because they weren't, they must not have been feeling what they thought they should feel after listening to conference that day. Um, you know, I don't know. And I don't want to put words in their mouth because I, I definitely can't quote it word for word. The 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 sad thing about it was that she this person has a very big following and a lot of the people agreed with what she said. Right. But if you were not in tune with the spirit, I get why you would agree with it. Um, but if you are in tune with the spirit, quite frankly, it made me sad. Yeah, that I saw that and saw so many people following after it because she basically just said, you know, it's okay to just turn off the TV if you're not feeling general conference. Right. And I don't agree with that. I think that you should keep the TV on. That's the worst thing to do is turn off the TV. Right. Just Either like- that or go say a prayer to ask for some guidance. Ask, right? And then come back. Yeah, <laughs> just like when you when you're feeling lost and you are thinking, you know, maybe I should pray and then you don't. Right. Right. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. And that's what Nephi is talking about. It's like, listen, if you don't, if you're having trouble understanding these, these concepts, it's because you ask not because you ask not or not. And in verse five, it says again, he goes, again, I could just see him preaching this, you know, <laughs> again, I say unto you that if you will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what you should do. So he's just saying, like, listen, you should be asking God and the Holy Ghost will guide you. That is what he gave you to know what to do. Right. Yeah. Which is what I, I, when reading this, that's what I felt. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then in six, he's like, this is the doctrine of Christ. And there's going to be no more doctrine given after that until he comes in the flesh again. <laughs> you know? So, oh, it's just amazing. Nephi is pretty cool. I just feel him talking to these people. Yeah. 
because I relate to it because I see these people who are saying the opposite of what he's saying. And I'm like, no, no, you're not asking. You must not be asking. And that's something that you said, Kev, after hearing about that post. You were like, she just didn't ask. How can you assume, not even watching the whole conference, that what you said, you know, you already have an opinion on everything. You didn't even ask. You didn't have enough time to experiment on it. If you're, if you read from the Book of Mormon or any book of scripture, if you listen to a general authorities talk or a talk in sacrament meeting on Sunday, and you're not prepared to go and find out more information after listening or reading, then you ask not, n- neither do you knock, right? Mm-hmm. You're just... You're just, you're just kind expecting of, the yeah, Lord just, to hand it to you. Yeah, you're just sitting there and you're like, "Oh, I, I'm, I'm obviously in, I'm, I, I assume that they feel entitled to revelation, and no one is entitled." Hmm. Yeah, because if if you think you're entitled, I mean, who are you to sit there and tell God, "Give me revelation"? Like, I'm not going to do anything. You just give it to me. You know, there's a difference between give me some revelation and give me revelation. Because one person is actually doing something, right? And seeking that revelation and asking for his help. The other person just sits there in the right place at church and just says, give it to me. And then it's like, did you pray? Did you ask? Did you do something to, to get it? Like your intent of your heart is not right. <laughs> yeah, and again, I don't, I don't want to like um, judge. Not judging this person. We haven't even said their name. I don't even I know don't, their name. I don't know their name either. Right? I just know what was I just, said. I just know what was put on on their social media site. So I, I do want to, if we can, kind of circle back. Verse six. There, he says, "This is the doctrine of Christ." And there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. What I really like about that is it's kind of reminiscent of those scriptures that people will pull up and say, well, you can't have a book Mormon because here in the Bible, it says nothing will be written more concerning this. Right. Right. In John, he says nothing else. In Revelation? More or less, yeah. yeah. More or less, nothing else will be written after this. This is like He's, nothing will be added or taken right. away to this book of Scripture. And and I I would have to go and look it up, right? I have to go and like look exactly where it's at. Um, I can find it if you want. Well, okay. The only reason I bring it up is that in the context, right, it's... Um, you kind of threw me off. Um, in, in, in the context of this scripture, no more doctrine will be given, hmm. meaning nothing supersedes this doctrine of Christ, right? Hmm. The faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and during the end. That's it. Yeah, There are components in there that you may receive more light and knowledge on, 
right? Of course, it's in the framework of the covenant path, which is, you know, receiving the necessary covenants uh, and ordinances in the temples, right? Things like that. But it's not saying, I mean, Nephi's not, I'm wondering if there weren't, you know, Nephites in the time that were like, actually, Nephi said that nothing else can be written after this. And so we don't read anything past what Nephi wrote. Right. Which means they, which means they missed everything that Jacob had to say. They missed everything that King Benjamin and his sons had to say. Right. So the, the, the Lord has revealed and yet will reveal much concerning the kingdom of God. Right. I, yeah. I might have butchered that little article of faith there. But nevertheless, <laughs> that's that's what I took away in verse six. I just thought about that. Like if you took that in a sound clip kind of way, how how our world is so spun up right now. Yeah. No, that's an interesting perspective. I didn't even think about it like that. Like thinking that people in the day might be like, oh, that's it. We only have to listen to what he said before this, not after. Right. Right. Prideful, I'm prideful too, though I can't judge, but you know. Um, all right, let's move on. I like okay, so seven. I want to talk about seven. Okay, so Nephi just got done saying all these things to the people, right? And he says, And now I cannot say more because the spirit stoppeth mine utterance. Okay, y'all, he couldn't even go past talking about the Holy Ghost because these people weren't prepared to hear more because they didn't have the bare minimum down. So they couldn't get further light and knowledge because they didn't have this basic principle down, which is a lot like how we can be. If we're not prepared, and we just had a whole discussion on conference talk about this, but we can't move forward if we can't even get the first step down. We can't take the second one. And if we can't get the second one, we can't get the third one. And so he basically is just like, I can't say anymore because the spirit won't let me because y'all aren't prepared to hear it because you weren't doing this in the first place. So it kind of is like, listen, if you would have been doing what you were doing, I could have given you a lot more, but I'd be stuck on this part. Yeah. And that's what you get. No, it reminds me of Elder <laughs> Bednar talking about, not not in his conference talk um, recently, mm-hmm. but in, in uh, a talk that we saw him give it, I think it was like a local, or not not local, but it was a smaller. It was like a Q and A, right? Elder yeah, Bender Q and A. I don't know if it was Q and A or if it was like a state conference or something. But he said, "Listen, we the brethren would love, oh yeah, to tell you more." Oh, it was about agency. Yeah. Yeah. But you all aren't doing the basic, fundamental things. Mm-hmm. Your your home teaching at the time. Yeah. Your you scriptures. know your scriptures, all these things, and so we. We can't give you any more. You got to do these things. And, First, yeah. And this is what Nephi is saying. He's like. And what's his response to this, which I love? Whose response? Nephi's. Nephi's response. Um, because he can't say more, how does he feel? Oh, he's he's remiss. Right. It's like super mourn, mourn, uh, mourning, right? Right. Right. Uh, I'm left to mourn because of the unbelief and the wickedness and the ignorance and the stiff neckedness of men for they will not search knowledge. 
nor understand great knowledge, when it is given unto them in plainness, even as plain as word can be. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's not all negative because here's the thing. If you have the spirit with you and you are doing the things that you should be doing, I'm sure that there are those people that the spirit is testifying to them of other truths through Nephi's words and giving them further light and knowledge. And the same thing can happen to us. I think in that same video that you're referencing of Elder Bednar, he even says, he says something along the lines of like, if you want them then do the things and the Lord will tell you basically. Right. And it's, ask, yeah, ask, it's, right? It's still available to us. Yeah. It's not that, that, that's a really good point that you're making. It's not that the brethren, the, the first presidency, the quorum of the 12, whoever. Yeah. It's not that they have like a monopoly on all of God's mysteries. Right. I was putting up the, the truck shipment at work like several months back and i'm like just i'm just putting boxes up listening to some music or whatever not necessarily a spiritual moment mm -hmm. but lately before that i had spent a lot of time in the old testament mm -hmm. and listening and studying in the institute manual and stuff like that and i'm putting up the truck and i had this really profound revelation, revelation concerning the creation mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's pretty cool it's not that someone had to it's not that someone had to give me it mm -hmm. or rather it is someone the, the holy ghost had to give it to me and i had to do my part to receive it and so we're not saying that the brethren have the you know lock and all these things under lock and key and that if you'll just do your ministering then they'll start coming out with the deep doctrine. No, yeah. that, that's not what he's saying. He's saying if we would all do and magnify our callings, do what we're supposed to be doing, we would be receiving all kinds of pertinent revelation. revelation. Right. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad you summarized it a lot better than what was in my head. So thank you. That's why you're my help me. That's why I couldn't do this podcast without you. <laughs> so sweet. Um, okay, eight and nine. Like this. I love this verse. This was a quote. Or I've shared this verse with multiple people, and they're like, I just don't want to pray. <laughs> I'm like, Second Nephi 32, eight and nine. <laughs> because um, here's the thing. He's, he's perceiving, and he's pondering, and he knows that these people still don't get it. And he's like, dude, I'm sad that I have to still speak these things, because if you would just listen to the Spirit... It teaches you to pray and to do good things and that the evil spirit tells you not to. So that's why whenever I hear someone say, I just I have a hard time praying or I feel like it, I just don't need to pray right now. And I'm like, no, you do, because the evil spirit's the one telling you not to pray. Right. Heavenly Father's telling us to pray and that we must always pray and not faint. Right. And that yeah. as we pray in the name of Christ, Jesus Christ that everything we do will consecrate thy performance unto thee and that our performance will be for the benefit of our soul, you know, which lasts forever. So yeah. eight and nine just are really great and simple. And Nephi just is like, look, I'm still sad. And I felt that sadness before of what he's talking about because it's sad when someone doesn't want to pray, but man, we got to pray. 
just like we got to read the Book of Mormon. So if I may. You may. Transition into chapter 33. I think we did an excellent job covering chapter 32. Chapter 33, in the heading, says, Nephi's words are true. <laughs> I just like that. Yeah, he brought this up earlier that week. He's like, hey, Shelf, have you read 33 or something? I'm like, I think so. Cause I don't know if I had yet. And he's like, Nephi says his words are true. And then that's all he says. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you like that so much? Um. It was a couple weeks back, and I'm not going to be able, well, I, I actually, I, if I had enough faith, I'd be able to replicate what I was thinking and what impressions I had. But basically, what I had in my mind for when we got to this chapter and mm -hmm. the discussion was to ask the question, and it's kind of a rhetorical question. I don't know if there's a real right answer, mm -hmm. but... The question I had was, do we, do you, mm -hmm. do, does, does our listener, do I think that people are too quick to believe the things they read or see nowadays, mm. or are they conversely too quick to Not reject believe. them, right, yeah. to unbelief? Because I'll, I'll give the the very classic example of like what's going on nowadays with like all the, the internet, you know, memes or, you know, fake news or whatever. You, when you see something, a video and you're like, ah, eh, fake, I'll do that sometimes. Right. I don't buy it. Like the little scenario that's going on. Don't believe it. It's staged. <laughs> are we too quick to do that to things or are we just lapping it up, right? Whenever something comes out and says, you know, uh, I was about to whip out like some COVID stats, right? But um, that's a good point too. Like yeah. when, when we see that, that 20 second video clip or that headline that says, you know, pretty much the sky is falling, <laughs> are we freaking out? So where, and I think there's a... You asked me this question. Yeah. And I remember I was like, I think it's a little bit of both. That's what I've determined too, is that... Yeah. And I think it... I keep on saying I think when... You know. I know. I know that the real issue is that folks nowadays... And I fall into this category. Uh, a lot of people, they're quick to judge based on their immediate temperament, right? Like, they're, they're, we're so emotional. They say based on emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when we're, when we are so emotionally charged charged we're quick to believe things that that hit our lizard brain right that get into you know that that impulsiveness 
and then we go off on that. Other times, maybe because we have different emotions going on or because we're a little bit more grounded, things are glancing off of an armor that we put up. So we're not willing to believe the things. And so when Nephi says that that his words are true, right? Mm -hmm. I think he, and I know, I know that he really understood the um, the mindset of people in the latter days where we would have so much information coming at us right it's true um but we'll we get to that in a second but we have some things i i know i have some things in verses one two and three that i want to pull out what do you want to pull out first shell um, in verse one, he says, I, Nephi, cannot write all the things which were taught among my people, neither am I mighty in writing like unto speaking. And I highlighted that and I said he's acknowledging a weakness and a strength mm-hmm. in that sentence. So he's saying, I'm not that mighty in writing like I am in speaking. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really cool because he knows himself. And he knows that a strength of his is speaking, but not so much writing. And that's okay, because look what the Lord did in his weakness. He wrote many things for us to have now. And so it's just a testimony to me of it's important that we are acknowledging our weaknesses and our strengths, because his weakness of writing became a very huge strength, especially for the rest of his posterity in these last days. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you know, I'm like reading this and I'm like, uh, we we just had a discussion on conference talk about the Holy Ghost. So I'm like, didn't I just say this? But <laughs> we did on a different podcast. But he says, when a man speaketh by the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost carrieth it unto the hearts of the children of men. And it's important. Elder Bednar gives a, a talk about this. And he says that it goes unto the hearts and not into the hearts. Because it's up to the person listening to the person speaking by the Holy Ghost if they let that into their heart. Yeah. Versus um, just letting it come and touch them and then doing nothing about it. <laughs> and you know what? Because we have we have access to that clip, we'll go ahead and insert it here. Okay. And folks can, can listen to Elder Bednar kind of talk about that. Nephi teaches us, when a man speaketh by the power of the Holy Ghost... The power of the Holy Ghost carrieth the message unto the hearts of the children of men. Please notice how the power of the Spirit carries the message unto, but not necessarily into, the heart. A teacher can explain, demonstrate, persuade, and testify, and do so with great spiritual power and effectiveness. Ultimately, however, The content of a message and the witness of the Holy Ghost penetrate into the heart only if a receiver allows them to enter. And so that really um, supports what we were talking about in chapter 32, Mm -hmm. right? The stiff neckedness, the because ye ask not, neither do you knock. So... It's a, it's a two-way street, I think, 
um, in teaching and preaching the gospel. However, it doesn't relieve, this is my addendum to that. It doesn't relieve the teacher or the preacher of the responsibility to prepare Mm -hmm. to have the conversation. Oh, right. Right. For sure. You can't just, you can't just dust your hands off, right. Or, Or cleanse your hands and say, well, I said it and they, they didn't accept it. And so, you know, I guess it didn't go into their hearts. I can only take it unto, you know, right. Um, Mm -hmm. you have to like, you have to thoroughly work to compel the person to believe. And that's what these, uh, these people, uh, Nephi and all the writers in the book of Mormon, they, he's not saying, well, neither am, you know, I'm not mighty in writing. And so, you know what, I'm just going to write real poorly, you know, because if it's Mm -hmm. true and I know it's true then they'll figure it out. So a great example is this podcast, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes early on, I thought, well, it's okay if the production value isn't super on point because it's a true message, right? And even if it's a little bit rough around the edges, then it's okay because the, the spirit will make up for it. And that might be true. I think it, in a lot of situations it is, but that doesn't relieve me of responsibility to try and get this podcast in tip top shape. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. Cause it's in, it's so, okay. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, yeah. Two verse two, he talks about people hardening their hearts and they cast things away. Um, or they, they esteemeth not the things that they're hearing. Right. Uh-huh. So basically they don't find value. Um, and then right away he acknowledges in two, he acknowledges that in two that people don't think these things are of great worth. And then in three, he says, but I Nephi have written what I have written and I esteem it as of great worth. And especially into my people. And I loved that because if you think about Nephi, here's people who think that what he's saying is completely false and are giving no heed to it. And then he comes back in and says, but I know, and I esteem it of great worth, especially unto my people. And he's just standing true to what he knows, despite what people are saying around him. Where do you think we are today? More and more people are going to think we're crazy. I don't know about crazy. I'm being exaggerative here. I'm, I'm an exaggerative person, Kevin will tell you. But I mean, we got it when someone tries to shake our faith. We need to stand like Nephi and be like, no, I know. I know what the spirit feels like. And I know that this is true because I felt it over and over. And something that he does is he says, for I pray continually for them by day and mine eyes water my pillow by night because of them. And I cry into my God in faith. And I know he will, he- that he will hear my cry. And I know that the Lord God will consecrate my prayers for the gain of my people. So he's saying, I know that even though they're not listening to me, that the Lord is and that the Lord hears my prayers and that my prayers will eventually be consecrated for the gain of my people, which is beautiful. And that makes me think that those who are listening that have a loved one who do not believe or are lost or whatever the situation may be, that your prayers for them do not go unanswered 
and that they the Lord does hear them and will consecrate your prayers for for that person. Yeah. So far in our study of the Book of Mormon this past year, we've seen a lot of situations where people, individuals, and nations have been chastened and like their hearts were softened mm -hmm. so that they would receive receive the the gospel, receive the word of the Lord. And behind all the chastisement, behind all the um, the softening of hearts, is a man or woman of faith praying continually for their people, for their family, for mm -hmm. their community, their nation, whatever it is. The power of prayer is evident in how things turn out mm -hmm. on a global scale. You might think, well, no, it's just uh, just coincidence. Or you might think that, well, the, the Lord's will, you know, like he's going to do what he's going to do. My prayers don't really have any impact on that. It's not true because here Nephi is praying. He understands the will of the Lord better than anybody, I'm sure. Probably he and Joseph and and Jacob right now, right? They're like the the first presidency, if you will. You know, they oh they they know what's going on. But even Nephi is praying and exercising faith, um, knowing that hey, the 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 people, my people, who I love, they'll they'll have this this softening of their hearts they may be chastised but and then he goes on to say um you know not to jump too far ahead but he says i have charity for my people and great faith in christ this is verse seven that i shall meet many souls spotless at his judgment seat and so he has faith yeah. that these people will return to the way, enter in by the gate, uh, or get back on the straight and narrow path. Yeah. It just, it's sad in the meantime. And that's part oh, of being yeah. human. And so that's why we see that, you know, his eyes watering his pillow by night. Right. Um, anyway, I just love that. I really relate to Nephi a lot. Mm -hmm. I've just, I've just really felt, I understand him more as a human. <laughs> Being. Oh, yeah. Um, he even says, for the words which I have written in weakness will be made strong into them. And we literally said that before we even read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, now, it is important that, that Nephi's he, he's not under any delusion. In verse 9, he says, none of these can I hope. And what he, he's referring to, like, the people being um, him meeting people. Mm -hmm. spotless at the judgment seat, right? Basically right. reuniting with people in the celestial kingdom, yeah. right? None of these can I hope except they shall be reconciled unto Christ and enter into the narrow gate and walk in the straight, uh, straight path which leads to life and continue in the path until the end of the day 
of probation, which is really what I did just say in, in a different way. But I wanted to read that verse too, that it's not like Nephi's over there complacently praying. He totally understands that those people are going to have to put in the work and the effort too right. to be reconciled unto Christ. But he's over there being their spiritual cheerleader, <laughs> praying for them right. and, and working on their behalf uh, by, by teaching and preaching to people who don't necessarily want to hear it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, he saw that firsthand with his father in Jerusalem. You know, I, I remember way back in our first discussions in first Nephi, how I thought, how, how would it have been for a young man like Nephi to see his dad ridiculed in the street? Probably not super good. Wouldn't have felt too good. Right. And here he is as an aged man in somewhat of the same circumstance, preaching the gospel to people who esteem it as a thing of naught. And so, you know, and that's that's kind of the the trajectory of disciples of Christ that, yeah, we're going to have to bear a cross. Right. From, you know. On that covenant path. Yeah. Um, in 10 and 11, well, yeah, let's <laughs> start at 10. He says, and now my beloved brethren, and also Jew, and all ye ends of the earth, hearken unto the words and believe in Christ. And if you believe not in these words, believe in Christ. And if you shall not believe in Christ, you will not believe in these words. For they are the words of Christ. And he hath given them unto me. And they teach men, all men, that they should do good. And if they are not the words of Christ, judge ye. I thought that was very insightful because basically at the end of it all, he is saying and pointing back to Christ. And we, I think we shared this quote last time, but I wanted to read it again. It says, every man eventually is backed up to the wall of faith and there he must make his stand. And if they are not the and if they are not the words of Christ, judge ye, said Nephi. For Christ will show unto you with power and great glory that they are his words at the last day. And you and I shall stand face to face before his bar, and ye shall know that I have command I have been commanded of these I'm sorry, commanded of him to write these things. And then he says, Every man must judge for himself, knowing God will hold him accountable. And that was by Ezra Tafenton. I'm yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure it was. Sorry, yes. my, my phone's not letting me. There we go. Um, so he's basically saying that it's what we talked about earlier in the Book of Mormon podcast is that at some point you have to choose to believe in Christ and his words because if you're not, then you're going to go a different way and judge ye because at the end of the day, they are his words, and he's saying, and I know that they will be, because I'll be there. And you'll know that I know that these were written for you, right? And they are his words. And so it's really, really, really cool. Like Nephi, I'm just, I'm just seeing him here. Oh, he's, yeah. He's a straight shooter. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an understatement. Yeah. 
Um, before we conclude, there are a few final verses here, but before we get there, um, I have to say like, you know, Nephi is probably like <laughs> one of the most frequently mentioned prophets in the Book of Mormon, right? Maybe yeah. except for Moroni, Alma, I don't know, still Nephi. You just hear about them. our study this past year of him, his family, the things that he he saw mm-hmm. has really, like you said, humanized him to me and, and made it so that I know him better and you know, when we, when we come to know servants, true servants of Jesus Christ better, we're coming to know Jesus Christ better. Yeah. Right. And, um, Nephi in these last few verses, beginning in verse 13, he says, I speak unto you as the voice of one crying from the dust. And you can follow that back to 2 Nephi chapter 3, verse 20. And this was, I'm pretty sure, Lehi referring to the Book of Mormon, right? He says, and they shall cry from the dust. Yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go even according to the simpleness of their words. And maybe he's talking about just the scriptures in general um, in the Book of Mormon or something. But, but Nephi has now made that connection. And he's saying, wow, I'm, I'm doing, like I'm writing down what my father saw which is my voice crying from the dust you know i'm i'm gone he even says farewell until that great day shall come he gone right he's out he's out of there he's done all that he can and and yet he's still i know he's still working on behalf of the Lord to build up the kingdom of God on the other side of the veil Mm -hmm. as all the prophets and the apostles are. And furthermore, his words are resounding through the ages and we're learning from them here and our words. I mean, we don't know when the Lord's coming back. Maybe he'll come back in our lifetime, if, if not, our words are also going to cry from the dust through technology. Right. Um, what do you want to say? Like, what, what are your concluding thoughts or impressions from the scriptures? Um, I just think that 
<laughs> Nephi's a cool guy. Yeah. Nephi's a really cool guy. And he knew, he knew his savior and he knew the plan of salvation and he understood it. And he spent all his days just teaching it no matter what. Right. And if there's anything we can learn is that we need to give heed to that spirit because when we don't, um, we're setting ourselves up for failure. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I just know that the words of Nephi are true and that the Book of Mormon is true and that it is the most correct book on earth, quite literally. So correct. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on Second Nephi. Next week. We're going to be coming back in the book of Jacob, the brother of Nephi. I was about to say, who's Jacob? Because we've been talking about Nephi for so long, but you already answered it. Yep. And, you know, he's he picks up that mantle. He's, after Nephi passes away, he dies, uh, Jacob becomes the new prophet. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of, we'll kind of go from... Yeah, from there. and the reason why I think we're talking about Nephi so much is because in Jacob 1, it literally talks about Nephi's death. Yeah. So we know we're, Nephi is about to go. We're bidding a farewell to Nephi. Um, but at, his words will be repeated in Jacob. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah. We're, we're not done talking about Nephi. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get into Jacob 1 next week. Super exciting, and we'll be here. Like always, you know, and I, I, oh, I would be, I would really regret if I didn't add this one last thing. And I know it's like a, oh, it's a, it's getting long. Just this like, one's getting long. Oh no, really? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Go ahead, go. <laughs> In verse 15, which is the last verse of the chapter, um, we're pulling it back, rolling it back. <laughs> Nephi says, um, as he's sealing up his record, he says, and I must obey. Mm. And um, I'd be so remiss if I didn't bring up that Nephi is that, that perfect example of obedience. And he has been his whole life. And, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like we're, I feel like this is a sacrament meeting where one of the longtime counselors in the bishopric is being released or the bishop is being released or something. We're like, we got to, he's really going to be there right there yeah, next know. Sunday. He's not going anywhere, but. Um, it's the end of his books that he wrote. Yeah. But uh, he says, I, and I must obey. And he did. He really did, and uh, I hope that I can be as obedient as Nephi one day when I grow up. (laughs) When I grow up. You are growing up, baby. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to add that one last thing because I highlighted it, and I Mm. thought to myself, man, I I have to drive that home in the podcast, and I was about to miss my opportunity to do so. So thank you all for letting me do that, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.